Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers. Welcome to Popcorn, where I tell you what's happening at the movies, and I'm telling you, you, you gotta stop seeing all these tentpole movies. You, you just have to stop. It's the beginning of summer. You need to see a movie called Wakefield. Um, I don't even care if you don't like it. I care that you see it and you talk about it. And my guest today, Brian Cranston, I don't know what they did to him to get him to do it, but this is one of the best things I've ever seen him do. Really, it's a miracle because you know you'll sell out for a paycheck anytime you can. I yeah. Well, I have, sure. I absolutely will. Yeah, yeah right. absolutely. But this is but, really intelligent piece. It is. It's 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 something. Hello, by the way. Hello. It's good to see you again, Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I read it and I try to read everything objectively the first time and just see how it f- hits me as an audience. And boy, it stayed with me. It was challenging. The, not just the the character, but the 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 plot line. Um, the, uh, it was it was thought provoking and emotional, and I couldn't get it out of my system. We should give them a little clue as to what's happening. That yeah. your Howard Wakefield is a uh, Howard lawyer. Wakefield is a is a successful Manhattan lawyer. Um, got a lovely wife, two kids, uh, all the trappings of success, a house in Westchester County, mm-hmm. and all lovely things. Except he too is on the hamster wheel of life. He feels like in order to maintain what I have, I need to just keep going and keep going and keep going. And I work a little bit on the weekend and I maybe have a half a day off and then it's the same thing Monday again. It's the same thing. It's Groundhog Day. It really is. And you get the feeling like what I thought this is very relatable because I don't think there's an adult alive who hasn't thought of, why would I like to just hit the pause button of my life if I could as easy as we can from the remote mm-hmm. and just stop things so I can take a break and I can breathe, I can take a nap, I can well, go for you, a walk. Sure you can do that, but your guy basically <laughs> goes to the garage attic across yeah. from his house and stays there spying without telling his wife or his twin daughters where he is. Well, it, you, you make it sound like it's odd. Well, some, it's just <laughs> a little creepy. Well, no, wait a it second. Is, no, wait it a, is. Now, wait a second. What okay. happens initially is that he just wants to take a break. Mm-hmm. All I really want to do is to have a couple hours to myself. So he pulls up a chair in the attic and sits down, and the next thing he knows, it's the next morning. Oh, man. Now, the problem that was before the argument with the wife is now exacerbated by this mishap. And he wants to delay it, and I'll tell her when they get home from school, and, and she's off to work, so I'll do it then. And each decision he makes puts him further back in being able to confront this initial issue. Mm-hmm. And, and so what really I related to was that, it, you know, is this who we are? Are we just beings that are meant to work and to function in that, in that way like worker bees? Mm-hmm. Uh, or is there something more out there for us? And he wanted to just take a snow day, an adult snow day for himself. I like how you're saying that because, you know, I, I, you're married, you have a family, so am I. So I think uh, you're hitting the pause button aspect of it, but uh, did you bet this through your wife and your uh, daughter? I always do. do yeah, you? I do because often. it's easy when you say, well, everybody thinks this, and then some wives would say, yeah, you do think it? Really, Cranston? You know? My wife calls you know, me Cranston. Does she? I bet it's she so, does. It's so great. It's, it's very intimate. Um, <laughs> get off me, Cranston. Cranston. Uh, my wife calls me by my last name when I'm in trouble. Is that right? Yeah. 
Or so just you like your mother called, used to call you by your full name. That's right. Always you know, the word. Peter Jehoshaphat <laughs> Tevers. How did you know? Because I know. Yeah, you just um, <laughs> Jehoshaphat. So I just Jehoshaphat. picked it up. Yeah. Uh, because the way you were saying it, you know, everybody thinks this. I think so. Do and you? I gave it to my wife, and she looked, read it and went, wow. Yeah, you can't deny it. You can, you can argue with, with, with his decision-making of what he decided to do about it. But the, the reality is, is that we do feel these things. We do feel overburdened. We do feel like, is this all there is to my life? Is just this constant cycle? This thing, I have to talk to Travers with the popcorn things. I know. I mean, yeah, it's you know, like it's so like, irritating. I know. You want to throw it at me. Irritating. Yeah, see, I, I knew that, that was what it was. So you can't do it. But it, it's interesting. One time you were here and we were talking about your... Uh, Oh, I, I don't know how to describe your youth. It's so filled with... Uh, fleeting? <laughs> so, all youth is fleeting. But you were talking about a thing that I thought of when I was watching Wakefield with your brother mm. and on the motorcycle. Oh, okay. And basically, whatever was going on at home, you said, we're getting away from this. And how long were you on that trip? I was on the road for two years. Two years? Yeah. Away and from everybody and that's everything. That's right. And that was certainly not a time I felt like I was in a cycle of anything. I was on a cycle. <laughs> oh, oh, bing! But, um, but I wasn't. I didn't feel I was ever in a rut because every day was a new day. You didn't know where you were going. It was like, what's over the hill? And oh, we need money. Can we? We need to get jobs. Or where are we going to see? Or there's a, a national park here. Let's check that out. It, you felt really alive, the unknowingness of your life. And I think a lot of people want more of that surprise factor in their life, the unexpected in their life. And this Wakefield certainly introduces that aspect to it. This is an unexpected turn in this man's life. And what you do in that movie is we're seeing everything. Jennifer Garner, who plays your wife, we're yeah. basically seeing her through windows. Yeah. Except for a few flashbacks. And you're doing the voice of what you think your wife is saying. Right. God, uh, it it wives was, would kill yes, somebody doing that. But wouldn't, would, who wouldn't want to be an undetected voyeur into, into their own life? Clearly, uh, you would. You wouldn't? No, of course, but I didn't want anybody to know. You're yes, lying just, again, Peter. I'm lying, lying. Lying, Peter. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Yes, well, this is it. If you could... Of course I would. If you could take a I glance... I don't know as long as, as, as Howard Wakefield. Well, no, no. He's there. He's growing the beard. Yeah. He's dumpster diving. He's well, doing yeah. all this because he can't get out of this decision. He, he, he extracts himself from his life, fully intended to, to introduce himself back in. And he has the re-entry is the problem for him, because he knows now uh, there's. Uh, I mean, they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to think I'm insane. And so the more he justifies not doing it, the further away he gets from being able to make that re-entry. It's a fascinating social experiment. Well, really? it is. But did yeah. it feel that way for you and your brother when you came back after two years? No. Did the world look different to you? Well, it, it always it looked different. And I was, it was from 20 years old to 22 for me. And so it was different. Um, I matured a great deal. And, oh, that's and, still a process that's going on. Yeah. Oh, God. And uh, <laughs> aside from that, um, I, I, I also knew that at 22, I was going to be a professional actor. So once that broke through, it wasn't like, I don't know, I, I had a goal. 
I really you had knew a, I'm going to a, be agenda. this professional actor. Well, I knew that's what I wanted. Whether or not it was going to happen for me was um, also, you know, doubtful. Well, that's and, so. And, I mean, you've had you've done so many different things. You've done voiceovers for animated characters. You've done. I mean, what was that name you had? It was a great name, Lee Stone. Uh, Lee Stone. Lee Stone. Yeah. Sounds like your porn name. Actually. You know what? I was did it? this when I was at like 22, 23 years old uh -huh. um, because Lee is my middle name and Cran Stone. So I just said, how about Lee Stone? Because I, I was doing some things that I, uh, I needed a paycheck, mm -hmm. you know, off voiceovers and stuff that mm -hmm. I, I didn't want my real name connected to. And uh, so I, I just, uh, Lee Stone. Okay, Lee Stone. And uh, come to find out. Someone says, there is actually a porn star named, named Lee Stone. I had no idea, and yet I thought of that immediately. <laughs> and that, you're just keeping that secret. You know, during that time you were LBJ, I think you wanted to appear more. No, my, my porn name would be what I also thought would be a great soap opera name. Drake Savage. <laughs> doesn't, that sound, doesn't it sound like <laughs> Drake Savage? <laughs> One, one eyebrow is always up, and he's always Drake looking savage filled with consternation. Whatever, well, you come yeah. on, you've done everything. I've done everything. But now you sit here. Now, have, now I'm done. But you know, no, you have 400 Emmys. You won the Tony for uh, playing uh, Lyndon Johnson in All the Way. Uh, you're Oscar nominated for playing Dalton Trumbo. So, are you impossible? Oh my God, it's it it's, has to be really. It's hard to work with for your family. I need a separate trailer just for my ego. Oh, wow. Because I'm thinking, I'm thinking, though, when you do a movie like this, which I'm really sincerely happy you did, Thank are you. there people around you who say, oh, listen, you could be doing Godzilla 5? No. Come on. They say, it's, to, it's time to, to no, 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 reel no. the money in. You know, no. God, you know, once I realized um, that I that I was just dedicated toward this mm -hmm. and this is what I was going to do with my life. I just never worried about money. Money was, it's still not, it's still not, I don't want to say it's not important because it is important. I don't want to act, you know, smug about that because I've been really poor. When I was a kid, we had nothing. We were kicked out of our house. We went to swap meets, uh, you know, to sell to our furniture to buy food. Um, it was a tough time. So I've been without, mm -hmm. and now I, I'm wealthy. And wealthy is much better. Oh, I'm sure That's it is. what I've discovered. And that's some of the things that really hit me when I was watching Wakefield, because we were talking a little before about Nathaniel Hawthorne had written this story first. Right. Then Dr. O modernized it. But right. for Hawthorne, it was a, a socializing thing. But when I see you up in that attic watching your family growing that beard, sitting there fighting a raccoon for food, yeah. you get really conscious of creature comforts and what you miss. Yeah. You know? What would I give up to do this? It is kind of fun to watch it until you can see a family going on without you. You know, they say, okay, well, he's not here. Out of sight, <laughs> and, out of mind. Yeah. You, you, you know, human beings are adaptable people. I mean, we, we have a, a, an ability to change to what our condition is mm -hmm. and move on. And that's what they start to do. It's, it's a really, really interesting film. So when you're sitting around between projects, and that doesn't happen very often. No. Would you go back on stage and do eight performances a week? Of I'm, that going, I'm going to go back on stage at, at the end of this year and in London at the National Theater and do network. 
They're making really? Patty Chayefsky's network into a play, and I'm playing Howard Beale. Oh. How can I say no to I'm that? I'm mad as hell. And I'm not going to take it anymore. Oh, I'm getting my tickets now. Please do. Yeah, screw Bette Midler and Hello, Dolly. This is the ticket. Wait, you, did you say screw Bette Midler, mm -hmm. comma? Comma, and, I did. And, and Hello, hello Dolly. Dolly. I did. So it's, it was, it was so it's two things to do. definitely a comma. So it's two things on your to-do <laughs> list. That's right. Screw Bette, Bette Midler, Midler and Hello, and I hello that Dolly. I changed that to Hamilton. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. he won't know, and it's, it's just okay with me. But you carry, that's what I mean, you carry this now that you are Brian Cranston. You always were to me. Malcolm in the Middle, I revered it. it, it Thanks, man. Sometimes when I just want to watch something that makes me smile, I watch you teaching poor Frankie how to do that dance, you know, where I've never seen such Roller skates or roller something skate like that. Yeah. It's like... A, a ballet. It's crazy. Called, you know? It was a fun, fun show, very well written, and it gave me a great boost into where I wanted to, to live, what kind of material I wanted to uh, attach myself to. In well, order it's to comedic material, but mm. by the time you're Breaking Bad and Walter White, it's a whole huge thing that yeah, happens that and got, changes you. That Do you still got, have the tattoo on one of That just got out of hand. Where yeah, is it? I, why I would I? See it. That's right. Yeah, right there like that. See? It's, it says, um, it says BRBA, which is, oh, you see that? B Can you see that? Look at that. BRBA. And someone said, why did you get a tattoo there? Because you can't see it. Yeah. And I go, yeah, I'm an actor. I, I can't always have this. I can see it. Mm -hmm. This was for me um, because it changed my life. You know, So it was something that I go, oh, yeah, it's fun. So now you're doing them. You're working with Kevin Hart? Yeah. It's, that's that movie that was The Intouchable, and now that's it's right. Untouchable? It's called Untouchable. It's, it was a French film about 10 years ago. Beautiful film. It was. Beautiful film. And uh, I was hesitant on taking the film because I didn't want to mess it up, because it was such a beautifully told film in a different language that spoke to me, mm -hmm. uh, regardless of the language barrier. Mm -hmm. and, but it was an opportunity to work with Kevin and and see if we can it was a challenge to see if we can retell this story in english and see if we can r retain the the special quality that the f original film had and i think we did i'm i'm really pleased with it. i saw some preliminary scenes from it we just finished it just a month ago so. and you just finished the rick linklater movie too Rich, yeah richard linklater uh, movie called it's last the, flag flying which, which is will, almost the last detail but not it is written by uh, daryl ponison <laughs> who uh, wrote the last detail <laughs> and beautifully wrote this novel um and uh with lawrence fishburne steve carell myself and richard linklater i it was such a, such great fun. While you were doing Howard Wakefield, when did you feel closest to him in terms of you and him? What was the moment in that movie there? It, it came together and you were basically the same guy, if it ever happened. I think... Um, I just got very serious. It was very good. That's I a didn't good mean question. to do that. It's a really good question. <laughs> it's so unlike you. Um, <laughs> no, it's true. Uh, at first, I was too objective to it you know I, I i was like judging him and i didn't like his manipulative way that he was a liar that he abandoned his children and abandoned his wife affected me because my father abandoned our family i could never conceive that to with my daughter that was never going to happen 
Um, so I, I had to get over the judgment of Howard Wakefield before I can get to a place of neutrality with him and then start to build on who that, oh, I believe that character is, a man who's searching for a way home, a way home, not just the physical world of going home home, but also in his heart and his soul. Where does he belong? And I think that's a universal question. I think people are always asking, where do I fit in? Am I in this group? Am I in that group? But is am, there ever an Am answer? I now calling myself a husband and a father? Or mm -hmm. what happened to me as an individual and we're constantly trying to reconcile our, our, our pathway? It's really fascinating. And I have to release you. People are making signals. Are they? But it always ends in song. It does. It always does. You once sang me about the cover of Rolling Stone. You at another time sang something that seemed like a... Uh, a lewd limerick. Really? Yes. It was really good. Oh, so it always ends in song always ends with in song. me, apparently. With you. Yeah, with everybody who's a guest. You can't just have me sitting here singing. It's right. just a mess. So whatever is going on in your head. Uh, well, we've had this nice chat, but mm -hmm. I won't dance. Don't ask me. I won't dance. Don't ask me. I won't dance. Merci beaucoup. I'll take I Won't Dance, because it wasn't I Won't Sing. So, thank you. Thank you, my friend. Good to see you again. Yes. Thanks, man. <laughs>